And we get uh, Errol and Brian back again uh, this week. We will talk about some quirky news. Gentlemen, Jaguar have just put out a new ad. It's for their F-Pace car, which is an SUV. It sort of uh, fulfills a, uh, that image that they created of the James Bond character with a uh, controller like M, only in this case the controller is Stephen Hawking. It, uh, is this a, a, an interesting image, a valuable image, uh, for trying to sell what is basically a, a, a upmarket SUV? Have you seen the ad? It's interesting. It, um, it doesn't begin with, with Hawking. You, you've kind of given away the punchline. Uh, given away the punchline. But um, we have, um, have a, a different actor, Luke Allen Gale, playing the, uh, the baddie, and, and he goes to the sort of the secret base. And, of course, there is the ultimate evil genius, which is, of course, a real genius in Stephen Hawking. Does he have a white cat or anything with him? <laughs> no, he doesn't. Uh, I didn't see the evilness of it quite so pronounced as they claim you know, in their publicity and that. It, it leads, of course, to some terrible uh, puns. You know, you're late, says Stephen Hawking via his speech uh, d generator. And the, the answer is, well, time is relative. And he says, well, don't be a smart aleck. And well, yes. you know, they then use lies like, we are master of time and space. I'm not sure that's uh, really... It, the, the thing about it, it is far more image than functionality. Yet the car yeah. has an interesting function. They have a waterproof wristband. So you can go surfing, leave your keys in the car, come back, wave the wristband at the back, and it opens the door. This is mm. a fantastic so, idea, I think. If you're going to go to the, to the beach, you can lock your keys inside the car. You don't have to worry about hiding them in your towel and stuff. And, yeah, you come back to the car and you can use this waterproof wristband to get back in. What a brilliant mm. idea. Yeah, just leave it on your wrist, yes. And, of course, he hands, when, he, when he parks the car, he hands that to the, to the bombshell girl before he heads into the, you know, evil HQ. See, I miss the subtlety, so I'm, it, it's all over my head. I'm, I'm too... They're just cashing in on the, the whole sort of, you know, James Bond thing, of but, course. But why be the baddie? That's what I don't understand. Why does Jag, what does Jaguar get from it by associating with the baddie rather than associating with the goodie? I just think it's being different. Brian, everyone's trying. Every other vehicle manufacturer is trying to be sort of, you know, the goodie, the the car, the the hero drives. But if you're an if you're an evil genius and you've picked a Jaguar, maybe you're onto something. <laughs> but you're always going to be defeated by the goodie. <laughs> what what in, in in the Aston Martin? This is the Donald Trump principle. <laughs> you're going to be arrogant outward and what, and you're going to dominate the world, so you might as well be on their side. There's a whole uh, series of jokes on the internet about Stephen Hawking. Most of them are appalling. There is a nice one. It says Stephen Hawking has written another book. It's about time, that, uh, which I thought was rather good. But Stephen Hawking actually does some jokes, but they're wonderfully nerdy jokes. Why are books about anti-gravity such good reads? Because you can't put them down. <laughs> boom, boom. The Higgs boson goes into a Catholic church. They say, we don't want you here. The Higgs boson says, but without me, you don't have mass. So, <laughs> so perhaps uh, two satellite antennas get married. The service was so-so, but the reception was fantastic. That, those are the sorts of jokes that he makes. But, uh, so I don't really see him as the evil genius. I see him as that sort of almost dad joke 
sort of you know sort of guy does does dad jokes they all you have a story well speaking of evil geniuses or not so much in this case uh, if you ever want to get away from the cops don't use the example of a crook from san jacinto county in texas his choice of getaway vehicle was not a uh, jaguar sports car his was bright pink uh, not hard to spot it also barely did five miles an hour was only a few feet long and ran on batteries and was designed for children between the ages of 5 and 10. Uh, police couldn't believe their eyes when they spotted the suspect, who was wanted for credit card fraud, driving a kid's toy car. He was arrested on the spot with officers joking that the vehicle didn't need to be towed. I wonder if it's because it was pink. Is, is this a right-wing conservative thing that's uh, suggesting a guy should not be in a pink car? Are we? Oh, I just thought you were saying he had bad taste and that's what he was arrested for. <laughs> I wonder, did, did he use the credit card fraud to purchase the, the pink toy car? <laughs> the toy car. Yeah. Do you think, David, if he, he, had, he chose a darker colour, he might have just disappeared and blended in? Yeah. I, I, I think it's a, you know, based on our disagreement with uh, uh, gender issues. <laughs> the other point about it is it looks remarkably like a kid's version of Homer Simpson's car. Oh, oh yes, okay. Yes. It's not like a little model Cadillac Escalade or something like that. Well, it is, it is a, a Cadillac Escalade, was the model. Now, I often thought that this raises a whole issue, which the internet is swamped by, by what sort of car Homer's old beaten-up pink car is all about. Some people say it's a Plymouth, a 1974, no, 64 Plymouth, I think they uh, claim that it is. But the lights at the back are vaguely Cadillac-like, I think. So yeah. I always thought it was that. It may just be a generic cartoon vehicle, so they, they didn't have to pay any royalties. <laughs> <laughs> That's my best bet. <laughs> Some people say it's a 1974 Volvo. Because it's very square and that. It's got a, a, a track star, eight track radio. It's got a bent aerial and a driver's side airbag. Uh -huh. Brian, a story. Yes, David, it's, this comes from the sort of things you wish you could do uh, category. It's um, a gentleman called Dennis Nickel who, who was arrested in Chicago uh, last week, accused of, of basically using a cell phone jammer to create his own personal quiet train carriage. Uh, he's been doing it for nearly two years, and uh, apparently uh, people got used to the to sort of recognising him. Uh, he didn't like it when people spoke on their mobile phones in his train carriage, and uh, he would pull out a device that he bought on the internet from China, which would jam all the signals. So uh, he would uh, turn and scowl at someone talking on a phone, pull out the device, press a button, and then suddenly all the phones uh, around wouldn't work. So... Apparently the cops had enough time to uh, set up an undercover sting or, or didn't have any other real crime to pursue. Um, so they watched him enter the station, they followed him, and while uh, he was on the train, um, the police on the phone nearby um, noticed him turn it on and once uh, their phone call dropped, uh, they uh, they pinged him. He'd, it's not the first time he'd been caught. He used to, He also got in trouble for it. Uh, in terms of a misdemeanor jamming of cell phone calls in 2009, this time it was a felony, unlawful interference with a public utility. Now, um, I don't know, I, I often fantasise about having one of those devices, I have to say. Um, not for everyone, but for those awful people who who overshare their personal issues yeah, so I, their voice I, in a the, carriage. The, 
the problem with this one, uh, the, these Brian, is that they're, they're a, a sort of a um, uh, all or nothing. So they block everything. So what mm. I want is one that I can discreetly point at Targeted. an individual. <laughs> yes. Of course, they are completely illegal. Oh, okay. Look, I, I confess early in the days I had to, I was trying to organise someone to do an interview on radio and I was on a bus and I must have sounded like the biggest wanker left, right and centre. So I was saying, can you get into the studio and blah, blah, blah. And I was ringing back. Oh, I was a real wanker. But, you know, the, the thing about it is that handheld, you know, the standard line uh, telephones used to have a problem that if you spoke loudly, you got a lot of feedback. So they developed the system where you could hear your own voice quite loudly. Yeah. And so you didn't need to speak up because to yes. you didn't or to shout. Now, the mm. problem with cell phones is I don't think they give quite as much feedback into that. So yeah. you tend to think that your voice is not being heard. Uh, if you jam that, you also jam their linking to the internet. Yeah, everything. Everything goes. It would stop the fact that uh, people could quietly get on with the internet. They might have to look up, get up, look up from their phone and actually pay attention to the world. There is a notion of whether you make the public transport trip into a little sense of community, Errol, your point, about looking up and perhaps actually interacting with other travellers. Errol, you do have a story of someone who uh, sort of enhanced that. This is actually the driver of, of all of uh, all people on the train, and I guess he's the one in in the best position for that. Uh, this is from South London. Uh, the commuters are praising the train driver for making their ride interesting and even enjoyable. Known only as Steve, the driver conducts a simple guess the year quiz over the train's loudspeakers, with passengers tweeting their responses to hashtag time tunnel train. He also gives out lots of fun facts about the train, its age, mate, capacity, etc. And uh, apparently it makes lots of passengers actually smile. There used to be a train that came from Gosford in Sydney into the city, which is about an hour and a half or so. And uh, each Friday morning they used to read stories from the great newspaper columnist Lenny Lower who was uh, in the 40s in Australia. Fantastic sense of humour. Used to write six columns a week that were really funny. I've got to tell you, he was really very good. The other one was, of course, playing cards on the way home. And there used to be, when smoking was allowed, the smokers thing that uh, people could get into the corner. Is this a portent of things to come? Again, I think, David, it's about customer experience and uh, giving people a pleasurable experience on public transport. So uh, I noticed, though, that um, the spokesperson for the rail line has said that... Uh, you know, we're happy our driver's keeping his passengers entertained and we hope he'll be able to do that uh, when it's safe to do so. So I suspect he was probably given a bit of a talking to as well. Yes. But, uh, I, I, but I, was, I was a bit concerned as, as if he's looking at Twitter to see what the responses are, is he looking at the track? Yeah, <laughs> yes. exactly right. Yeah, so uh, look, it, it's, it sounds like fun, anything to make the commute great, but uh, maybe they should employ someone to do it rather than the driver. Well, clowns, didn't we talk about that sometime in the past? Have a clown up the front or, or a magician or something doing something that might entertain Yeah, well, look, at some, David, some I, people I have read... phobias. <laughs> phobias to clowns. <laughs> or mimes, yes. <laughs> I, I read a, a fascinating story uh, this morning about an a improv group who perform on trains and they did a fantastic time travel skit for people 
where they used four sets of twins, identical twins. And uh, so they had one fellow on the train in the carriage, same carriage with three of the other single versions of the twins. And he was, uh, he was soliciting donations for his time machine. He said, look, I, you know, I, I can't get funding for it. I, the Kickstarter didn't work. I'm hoping you can help. And then at the next station, um, his twin, who has a beard and, and sort of wearing the same clothes, but they're kind of faded, comes rushing in and says, don't give this man any money. Time travel has destroyed our lives. And, <laughs> and so they have a massive argument. And as, as this goes on, more of the twins come into the train and start, <laughs> saying no time travel is awful we yeah we've we've come from the future and and so one of the last one of the twins is plays a sort of doubting person laughing saying oh look come on they're twins ha 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 then at the next station his twin gets on <laughs> that sounds like a, just a marvelous a marvelous experience <laughs> That's very good. Barry Humphreys used to do that, didn't he? he someone at one station would get on and give him toast, and then at the next yeah. station they'd get on and give him muesli, and then finally <laughs> bacon and eggs. They talked about in this uh, thing that they uh, announced the results over the tannoy. You know what the tannoy is? Oh, the tannoy. This is the PA system, isn't yes, it? Yes, it's yeah, a Scottish-based yeah. manufacturer of loudspeakers and public address systems. It's yes, a very I... World War II thing, the tannoy. Mm. Yes, it is. Yes, it? that's yes. right. It's a uh, syllabic abbreviation of tantalum alloy. Tannoy. Ah, look at that. Hmm. All right, gentlemen, next week we're going to talk about wooden cars and other issues that are more quirky in their nature. Thank you very much for your time today. Sorry, David. Cheers, David. That's Brian Smith and Errol Smith. We're talking some unusual stories to do with motoring and transport.